0: Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at
1: NoClutchNate, as well as my Instagram page, Clutch Figures. And my name is Sam. You can find me on Twitter at Sam. You can also hear my podcast uh, that I do with Alessandro Maniscalco. It's called the Justice League Universe podcast, and we analyze scene by scene uh, the DC films from Warner Brothers. Cool. Alrighty.
0: And today we're going to be talking about Minute 48 of Man of Steel. It starts with Jor-El explaining uh, the uh, purpose of the Genesis Chambers, and then it ends with uh, Jor-El telling Kal-El, you're as much a child of Earth now. Um, there's more dialogue in the next minute, but that's a good good part to cut off at. Um, this is He's explaining the Genesis Chamber here. Uh, it's about the predetermined roles that these Genesis Chambers create. Yeah. Uh, whether it be, you know, like he says, worker, warrior, leader, so on, so forth. Um, there was an article that came out not too long ago um, talking about, okay, so Zack Snyder wants to do uh, a, f- uh, what is it called, Fountainhead? It's a book by Anne Rand. Yeah, 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 a sorry. So he's, uh, I guess Zack Snyder is a fan of Ayn Rand books yeah and some people don't like An Rand I think uh I think I was seeing a lot of uh backlashing for it I think a lot of people feel like they figured out Zack Snyder's mentality or why he's quote-unquote ruined Superman is because this is where it starts to feel like someone read and Rand books and was like this is how we make the ideal male protagonist.
2: That's that's almost so, like someone was t- too
0: pissed off at their English composition teacher in tenth yeah, grade. Yeah, I've, I've read some of the articles, <laughs> um, and I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it can be, and I think there are examples when you uh, when you look at some other works like Injustice. So here's the thing: uh, there's this term called objectivism. It's basically Uh, The idea that if you stay true to your beliefs and you're kind of like you're never going to back down to your values, although it may create conflict with people around you, you eventually succeed uh, in in accomplishing your goals because you don't ever uh, conform to the rest of the world. So here's where this comes into play. So Cal L is... The first natural born son in centuries as we have, as we're told in this minute yeah that being said jor-el doesn't want superman or i'm sorry kal-el to to be another cog in the machine of krypton he wants krypton is being told as a, a dystopian tale yeah like everyone's just programmed they have preordained lives uh you are the first chance to just break the wheel Um, and, and this is where you start to see the Randian hero, which is a term that all of Ayn Rand's protagonists are just people who, as she says, are the ideal male protagonists. Strong, beautiful, uh, they break through the mold of society. Free thinking. Yes. Uh, some people don't like that because objectivism for some people, they just say, oh, it's just being a selfish person. You're just you know, you're being selfish in how you act. And they think that this is why Superman in these movies is flawed because he doesn't care about anyone else. He just does what he needs to, which I, do- I disagree with. Um, but you can see it. If you look at another story in where Superman is like, I know what is right. And that is that like, I am the only way that I'm the only answer. Yeah. So this is, where things, you kind of see the inner workings. Or like, th- this minute right here to me is, when people say that Ayn Rand has an influence in these movies, th- to me this is the minute where we get to see that.
2: Okay, so do you think that Jor-El explaining all of this to him in this minute itself
0: uh, is the flaw of the character? I don't think it's a flaw. But at the same time, it can be. Well, it's not, okay, it's... He needs to be this guy. He needs to to be an idea of hope. A symbol. Yeah. So it's okay. Now, it can be bad.
2: Yeah. And there you are see, stories that's that where show gets the bad side.
0: Because it's like, I don't really see... I think it it's what makes Superman, Superman. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it makes Superman... The, the you know the the hero that he wants to be but it does lead into things like injustice where you will never break down your idea of who you are because you think that's the right thing to be even though it creates conflict i don't yeah. know it's uh it's, it's interesting
1: and so, some people say that jor is being contradictory because jor is saying like i wanted you as a son to have free will and choice but then Jorel also says you're gonna go to this place and be a bridge between peoples, and you're gonna like bring hope and inspire people. Yeah. So I've I've heard critics say like, well, that's contradictory, right? He's telling Kal El what he wants him to do with his life, but he's also saying that Kal El has free will to do whatever he wants with his life. But I actually don't think it's a contradiction, because the way that I take it is Jorel Jorel actually does want Kal El to have free choice, and he doesn't want him to be in the cogs of the Kryptonian artificial you know genetics system. And then I think to just say something like, I want you to go and be an inspiration and give hope, I don't really think that's like determining somebody's life or like defining what their future has to be. I think that's just more like a general idea that you hope for your child, but it's not telling Superman exactly how he has to act or what he has to do or what he has to believe in or whatever like that. So I think it's, I think it's non-contradictory. I think it's basically saying, I want you to have free will. This is sort of like my dream for you. But it's more of like a general vision of a future. It's not like a predetermined mindset or role or like, you know, profession.
2: It's almost like what every parent would tell their children, yeah. their, their kids and everything. So if, if, if people that do think this is contradictory, then they would have to assume they themselves are contradicted when growing up, that if they have children, what they're telling them what to do and, and the teachings that they're giving them are all contradictory, like that's that plays a bigger role. So then I, again, the, the critics that are saying it
0: are contradicting themselves. I don't think it's I I don't think it's a contradiction at all because he does tell him like, well, and then the next minute he says something that, that I really like. Um, but then later on we see, doesn't he, when Lois Lane is in danger and he's like, you can save her, you can save all of them. Like you can, like I have, you have the potential to do great things. And uh, I don't want to spoil the good quote in the next minute. Uh, so I'll save it but mm-hmm. it, it, there's a lot of things that he's going to tell Cal that he has the potential to be Superman the idea of Superman um, but you do have free choice and you don't have to do it and then later on in just not in any of these minutes this these this week but in the next week of minutes um, that we're going to be talking about with Alex um, that Lois says something along the lines of if you didn't want anyone to find out about you, you can just stop saving people. But there's something that tells me that that's never going to stop. Yeah. So, you mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. there's something in Cal that he knows that he wants to do the right thing all the time. So, Joral already knows that. Like, I think Joral is like, this kid wants to do the right thing all the time. You have the potential to do that. I want you to do that. But there's nothing that yeah. he's saying, like, you have to do it. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: And it means more. So this goes back to the Randian stuff uh, about, like, is it just selfishness or is it like living up to your full potential? Um, And I think that it's not selfishness uh, because I, I see through all of the movies so far that Superman genuinely cares for other people. And when he sees a situation, he just instinctively wants to help, you know, and he just does that. And then there's repercussions that come from it and stuff. But if you just look at, like, Clark and Superman, he is just somebody who is trying to help. And it happens all throughout Man of Steel. And I can just sort of see it as that's his instinct. And like Lois says, I can just tell in you that this is what you do. You can't stop. You're always trying to help. And so he's not being a Randian kind of person of, uh, or the the idea of like, oh, he's just being so selfish about himself. It's like, no, he is like at his core, he is actually very much about helping other people. Um, and it's more meaningful because he was not bred and genetically engineered to be altruistic or to like help other people. Because if you were engineered to be altruistic, then can you even really say that that's a good character trait of yours? It's actually, it was just like forced into you. But he was naturally born and he does have free will and he always has this habit and instinct of helping people. So to me, it makes it all of it more meaningful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, I don't believe that, uh, the Randian protagonist has to be a negative connotation because, um you could say that maybe Batman is selfish in his mindset or, you know, like maybe uh I don't know, maybe Captain America is uh very strong willed about his 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 values. He's more Randian than I think out of out of all the yeah. comic book characters. Captain America yeah,' Civil War is very much like yeah. that. Um so that's a good point there. Um, so I, I don't think it has to be negative, and I don't know why it's being treated as a negative thing to say. Maybe this is what Superman needs to be, um, and I think Batman is is very as much as well could be a, a randian protagonist. Yeah, and I
2: I wonder if it in very very early issues of Action Comics they do have a little sidebar saying that Superman is. And always will be the, you know, the gleaming hope that humanity has to look forward, you know, look towards
0: to be aspire to be, yeah, yeah.
2: So, so it just kind of calls back to just that characteristic of the of the character himself in general. Um, that it, it's it's a central theme for Superman. So I don't I don't know if if you know uh, Siegel and Schuster knew that and had the uh, and Rand in mind when they were creating this character and creating this ultimate protagonist. But there were other previous Supermen before Superman were created. You know, they I think they have a a version of the, you know, the Superman, um, which is way, way back in, in, in the 30s uh, comic. And I think I think he goes by Harvey Dent at that point. I think they call hmm. him Harvey Dent. And um, <laughs> he was the guy with the tele- telekinetic powers. That had, essentially, all the the abilities of Superman, but instead of being powered by, you know, his cells and, and you know, the, the environment itself that he's in, it was he was powered by his mind. So, it, it kind of, it's like you're taking all the good aspects of these great protagonists, like the Randian protagonists, and you're just shoving it into this one character. Yeah, and
0: like Hercules and, yeah. and Jesus and all, all that even. stuff, yeah,
2: so... Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is yeah. It's just super diving into.
0: So if you have a problem with that, maybe you have a problem with those characters too.
2: Yeah, exactly. That
1: mm-hmm. yeah, was a point that I was trying to get to, but I couldn't find the <laughs> tracks
2: on
0: that one.
1: Um, so, I think uh, an interesting phrase in this minute is um, JorEl says you're the embodiment of choice. Or I think that was it, basically. Yeah. And like to me, this is the that is the phrase that hits me the most from this minute um, because getting away from, like, the selfishness or altruism or that kind of stuff, but just thinking about that idea of choice, I think that was a big driving force for this version of Superman. And I think it's also why maybe a lot of people didn't like it. Um, So, like, my thoughts on this are that I do think that Clark has choice, and so the filmmakers said, we are actually going to put him in a lot of difficult situations where he has to make a choice because we're trying to emphasize this theme of the importance of choice and that it actually kind of gets messy and stuff. And so I think of, like, the tornado scene, right? Instead of having Jonathan Kent die from a medical issue that Superman can't stop, that is an absence of choice. Yeah. Instead, they make it a situation where Clark has a choice that he has to make. Do I go try to save him or do I listen to my father who is telling me to stop and, like, keep your secret? Really hard choice, such a hard choice that people, like, in the audience fight about it and like, didn't like how it turned out. But to me, like, that's the point, right? Choices are hard. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, they, they do that through the whole movie. So like they go and they do whether he should turn himself in, right? Do I, do I like, uh, go try to take on Zod? Do I go talk to Zod? Do I turn myself into humanity? He goes and he deliberates because he has to make this hard choice. And then at the end, of course, with killing Zod, Mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, this is a really tough situation he's in. He's gonna have to make a choice. He, in the moment, he makes the choice that he's gonna kill Zod. Really hard choice. It like rips his heart out, right? That he had to do that. Yeah. Um, but to me, that was like that was, I think, the point the filmmakers were trying to make is like, okay, our character is gonna represent free will and choice, and he's going to, you know, be a, a version of a character where we can identify with him, and we have to make choices in our lives. So let's see this superpowered being who's in this world, and let's see him make some difficult choices. And they aren't difficult choices unless people would would disagree with them, right? So people disagree with the tornado or people disagree with him killing Zod. But like to me, that's like, well, that's what you get. If you're really going to explore in a serious way the difficult choices that people have, you are going to have others who didn't like it or would have made the different choice. And then I think it actually goes to this meta level of I think that the audience of Superman and some of the people who love the character of Superman, I think that they are actually guilty of taking away Superman's free will. Yeah, absolutely. And what I mean by that, I mean that like basically, they think Superman should be a certain way. So I've kind of genetically engineered what Superman should be in my mind. He should be like this. Uh, maybe it's the Reeves version of Superman. Maybe it's the animated series. Maybe it's some like you know ideal version the in their own head. Frank
0: Miller Superman.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it could be. So it's like, but the audience members then have genetically engineered and taken away the free choice of the character of Superman. And they or they think something like, well, Superman should always do the right thing or he should do the best thing, you know, like he should never have to kill Zod. You know, there's people who say, like, he should have found some other way to not have to kill Zod because Superman always does the right thing. But to me, that is like a black and white world where you don't recognize the complexity of real choices. You're basically saying there is a best thing to do. Superman should always do it. Therefore, Superman has no choice, right? Like his only path forward as a character is to do the right thing in every single situation. So for me, this, this incarnation of Superman and why I've come to like love it as probably my favorite version of Superman yep. Is because they actually took this on, and they to me, they're speaking back to the people who have limited the Superman character.
2: Yeah, I yeah, I, I agree 100. percent Yeah, I will applaud that. Yeah, <laughs> that was of, that was really good. Standing man. ovation. <laughs>
0: um, we see it also in the next film where um, Jonathan Kent tells uh, Clark his story about saving the something
1: about the flood and yeah yeah yeah.
0: Like you make a choice, and there are repercussions. Oh right.
1: And so, yeah, yeah. Even when you're trying to do the right thing, you think it was the right thing, Mm -hmm. and maybe it was, but there can be still a negative thing that comes out of it that you didn't mean. Well, and I also think it's
0: like um, I don't want to touch too far on that stuff, but like it's either it's going to be one issue or the other. Either you don't save that part, or you save this part. Like either one, like you you can't save both. Yeah, and now we're
2: seeing a character that has to live with those those choices again.
0: this is also, mm-hmm. this goes back to uh, being on a meta level because we see it again in the next film with the media scene where, like, you're, like, you're talking about this messianic figure that comes here and you want him to obey to our rules. Yeah, yeah. And then this goes to, where, like, you want to watch a Superman film, but you want him to be your Superman. Like, yeah. Like, this Superman is, mm-hmm. like, is, again, he's got free will. He can be whoever he wants. He's got to have tough decisions. You can't. Be mad cuz Superman was in this movie was not mm-hmm. your Boy Scout Superman like I have a bald eagle on my wrist like yeah. <laughs> like get out of here like you can't your your preconditioning of Superman is not the right Superman it might be to you but you can't say that's the right Superman like it's, it's just like your opinion or man. yeah or
1: you like they I think people can still they still have the right to like have the version of character that they like or that they want mm-hmm. But I think that those people just have to realize that they are becoming the Kryptonian council. Of there like you go. pre pre-determining what people are supposed to be and what they're going to be. There you go. So, like, yeah, they're kind of the villains, or at least in this kind of t- And maybe that's why they really didn't like the movie, because they could even kind of feel like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of the villain in yeah. this movie.
2: <laughs> so what I asked, like, I, th- I think it was in yesterday's minute, and at what point are, you know, the Kryptonians, at what point is the human race, or, are we the bad guys? And it's, it's, it always has been
0: always has been
2: always has been unless you go back to the randian character of, of the ultimate protagonist that has free choice man that was that's that's really good no, it's I, really good that's spot on I um enjoy
1: it. now
2: do you think that do you do you think that the filmmakers saw all of that do you think that's what they were going for uh or do you think it was just a product of what we see and 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 how we are uh you know characterizing this this version of superman
1: i think they were Yeah, they were absolutely, I think, weaving choice through as a theme throughout the movie. I think I've even heard them, like, talk about it in interviews. I can't remember if it was Snyder or Goyer, but somebody involved has definitely talked about that. Now, like, whether they were consciously going to this meta level of, like... We're not only doing this the Superman story, but we are actually trying to break Superman out of the chains that like the audience has put on him. Yeah I don't know if they like explicitly were doing that level or not but for me it really resonates and it resonated uh, after Man of Steel came out. like so it's kind of hard to have seen it before it came out. but once you see the reaction to Man of Steel and then how that continued for like years, you know still the reaction to Man of Steel. That's when, to me, the meta level is now becoming clear, like, whoa, like, there are contingents of people who love Superman, like, I totally give it to them that they do love the character of Superman, but the way in which they love him is actually kind of limiting and and putting um, predetermination on the character instead of allowing free will for the character. And that's when they become selfish
0: yeah
2: yeah i agree i mean yeah i i agree with you on on all those points um even like like i said this this incarnation of superman is is by far my favorite uh rendition of the character because of just these these details that someone put so much time into thinking you know
1: about the after effects of it it's not just yeah it's yeah like to me to me it was very brave for the filmmakers to like Have Clark be torn up about how his father died and not torn up because he's sad, but torn up because he's not sure if he did the right thing. Yeah. Like, should I have gone to save him or whatever? And to me, that, like, pulls my heart out more than just, you know, grief or sadness of somebody dying.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, again, it's something that the character has to live with for a very, you know, the rest
1: of his life. And that's – man – That's the curse of free will, right? The curse of free will is that you always wonder, should I have actually done something different? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think this goes back to, uh, (laughs) again, with all the Krypton stuff, like the, like, and almost like that balance of free will and choice or peace and security. And then if you want to lean more to always doing the right thing and making sure that Earth is always going to be peaceful and like in security, like, are you damning the world to free choice so superman always has to like lay down the law so that no one can you know have free will well yeah Does then that get sense it, then
2: Is you that... get into the injustice storyline yeah the character, enjoy... yeah and exactly then you get into the whole uh di- dictor- dictatorship of what this character
0: could be if you don't want superman to have free choice and you always want him to do the right thing then prepare to live in a world with no free choice exactly
2: because this is a character that can take that away from you
0: in the snap of his fingers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't want Superman to have free choice, but we want to have free choice.
2: <laughs> so who who are we? Are we Kryptonians, or are we supposed to I be... I think we've been
0: saying that for about, what minute
2: <laughs> are we on? 48 minutes? Yeah, absolutely. But now I'm trying to think, um, where's the dividing line between human and Kryptonian? What do you mean? Oh, that. The whole free choice thing. Like, are we, are we taking away free choice for ourselves? Uh, God, now we're, we're getting into philosophy. For that, right? I think
0: our political climate <laughs> right now is, is having that, that battle.
2: So can there ever be a character, not a metahuman or not a superhero, but can there ever be a, a person that has, these, that has these thoughts of free choice and that can uh, ensue their free choice on, on the, the greater good of, of humanity? That's a loaded question. Wait, say that one more
0: time. is <laughs> no, there a never char- mind. Like a character now in media that we go like, oh, like they're like the perfect blend of free choice and like, but they no, do, because
2: think... there is no perfect out of humanity. Qui Gon no. Jinn. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Jar Jar. No. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. We're, so, we're, getting, I mean, we're, getting, we're getting into Harry it, boys. Potter?
0: Well. <laughs> Someone's going to hit us with that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wonder Woman, there um, we go. Oh, yeah, she could be. Um, I think it does go to the next thing, too. Like, so in this minute, uh, Clark says, I'm alone. Like, so he's kind of now heard the whole story of it and, like, oh, Kryptonians are gone, right? They all perished. And so he has this realization, like, okay, so I'm alone, right? Because at this point, he's finding out all this info for the first time, so maybe he was... He was hoping maybe like the next sentence is going to be like, you know, I'm on my way to see you. Or like, you know, there's these other Kryptonians that are just, you know, a few solar systems away. But instead here it hits him that like, oh, wait, no, I'm alone. Like he's thinking I might be the last Kryptonian. And then he asks uh, Jor-El, the ghost, like, why didn't you come with me? Mm-hmm. Like, so to me, that's the other thing in this minute is that little interaction and that question of why didn't you come with me?
0: Yeah, that that's a tough roller coaster for him because it's like his whole life he's like, I'm alone, like. There's no one out there. And then, like, here he's like, oh, wow, I'm not alone. There's other people. And they're like, oh, wait, I'm alone again. Yeah. That's that's a tough pill to swallow. Well, I mean, if if
2: there was given more time on Krypton, if Jor-El was able to build a big enough ship to even house him and Lara and Baby Cow, could he have gone with him? And no, I think it, it goes into the next minute where he explains why he didn't go with him. But no, it's in this minute. Is it in this minute? Yeah, he like says that he's uh, a product. Uh, they're a product of their own failure. Yeah, we're a product of the failures of Krypton. Why does he have to just give up right there? I mean, I understand mm-hmm. that he he is starting a new life for his son. He is he's giving him the the choice of of free will and everything on this new yeah. planet, on this new you know uh, canvas that he can he can paint upon. But but what was See, I don't even know how to form this but question. But
0: even, even Jor-El seems to break in the mold of a typical Kryptonian. Exactly. So, it's like so
2: why... Did, did he, did he lie? Yeah. Was he
0: lying to Cal when he said that we couldn't come with you?
2: I mean, we kind of know that he, he could have, but he, again, he chose not to. So mm-hmm. is Jor-El the first Kryptonian that has these free-choice thoughts? Or... And now he's teaching it to his son, and he just accepted that he was doomed and he's a product of kryptonian krypton's failure so he has to stay mm-hmm. jor-el seems like he has free choice in that moment
0: when he's sending his son to earth we don't know how much free choice mm-hmm. he has to me i still think he's like a malfunctioning scientist like yeah like a, he's got like a broken code in his system yeah and that's <laughs> the only way he's like this
1: th- unfortunately so, yeah to me like uh i've very often started to try to think through this, like you know, Jor El trying to come, or both of them trying to come, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, it's an ongoing debate in a lot of Superman stories, not just here. But I usually end up just reining myself in, and I don't really go down the rabbit hole because I think basically the writers and the filmmakers, they their hands were tied, right? Like the yeah. story has to be that baby Clark is sent off by himself. That just has to be the way it is. Mm-hmm. So they have to just write a write off some reason that he's sent off by himself even if it doesn't really make sense like it's pretty reasonable that Jorel could have come with them or both Lara and Jorel could have come with them that's pretty reasonable but The filmmakers could absolutely not do that at all. They just have to tell it the story of the baby going by himself. So then they put in this line that kind of makes some sense. You know, like, we're tied to the fate. We're going to go down with the ship because we are also from that era or, you know, that product of Krypton. So it's to me, it's like a line that works with the theme of free choice and stuff. But basically, the filmmakers couldn't have done anything better because... It literally has to be this baby that's launched off by itself, yeah. and there's yeah. no, no way to avoid it.
2: And that's predetermined. But is that is that cause for another story? Not a Superman story, but another story in general, with having an Outlander sent away somewhere. Uh, you know, if you if you throw out all the preconceived notion of Jor El and Lara and Kryptonian staying on the Doom Planet, and what the filmmakers did for this movie, they only chose the one character, Superman, to change from what we're normally expected of him, why can't they change these mm-hmm. other characters? Why can't they conform it to it? And I guess it just goes back with, you know, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's not the story. That's not, you know, what DC comics is going, you know, yada, yada and all that stuff. So you're saying you would mm-hmm. like to see an alternate
0: take where they, I are
2: don't even, playing? yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't even have to be a Superman story. It doesn't have to be a, a super being story, but it, it can be characters that again, were, t- were taken away for their, their choice of, of mm-hmm. freedom and, and the free thinking, but have more characters that believe in that cause to, to go with them?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh... Yeah.
2: Someone say, oh, it's this story. Yeah, oh, pick mean, up like... a book. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I was going to say Tarzan, but then I was like, but then the parents die once they get there. So... Yeah. but I mean, yeah. Okay. I can't think of one. Um, yeah. They said we're a product of, of the failures of Krypton as well. Uh, so also Kara Zor-El is a failure of Krypton.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, she was, again, predetermined as this warrior class, exploration class, I guess, that that was in the prequel comics. You know, she goes through the test with her team, and she Mm -hmm. passes, and she's able to get sent on these scout ships and is able to to do this. So uh, by that logic, is she a warrior? uh is she warrior class i don't know if there is an exploration class in kryptonian culture she's a captain uh, right yeah she is the captain of that ship i'm the um, captain <laughs> i'm the captain now she <laughs> she is she is a fighter we know that she has hand-to-hand combat training um i, I just I, I feel like i need to look into the different class systems of krypton uh, yeah. to see where and i where feel she like fits. there's
1: there's got to be a lot of a lot more classes than obviously Jor-El can say in this little narration. Like he he lists, you know, 3 or 4. Yeah. But I mean, in that society there must have been dozens and dozens of different kind of categories mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah.
0: I think it would be I think it'd be interesting like so if we do get a Supergirl in this DC cinematic universe, I think it'd be really interesting to see another Kryptonian but like so Superman is still the the free choice yes. person. But it's nice to see another Kryptonian in the picture, but it's a programmed one. So you get Supergirl who, in my hopes, would be a warrior class, so almost like a good General mm-hmm. Zod. And then that's mm-hmm. where you get into more like, okay, so this is how Supergirl eventually becomes a Red Lantern because she's just so much more powerful. Like, she's an aggressive fighter compared to Superman. Yeah. But it's still the free choice that of Superman that makes him the better Kryptonian. Absolutely. So that, that would be... For me I would love to see that. To see a warrior class Supergirl in the cinematic universe. Well, I believe that's Power Girl. Same person.
2: Yeah, so maybe this universe we're not getting a Supergirl, we we will get a Power Girl. That'd be Hey, hmm. here we go. I'd love to see a Red
0: Lantern Supergirl. A Red I love, Yeah, absolutely. I if love that. that's <laughs> if they're going to go into
2: that aspect, I would much rather prefer yeah, prefer that um because I, re- I, yeah. I really
0: like that story. Uh, what What's it called? Super, uh, Superman Apocalypse or something? Yeah. Is it?
2: The, the animated short the yeah, animated feature? Yeah. I don't if, can't remember if it's called that. But I know Apocalypse is in the name. Yeah, I think it's called Apocalypse. But the one where she gets controlled by Darkseid.
0: But she's, like, so much stronger. But. Yeah, because she's able to lash out. She, but that doesn't yeah. mean that she's stronger than Superman altogether. It's just, you know, she's just. Pure no it's a rage. general
2: it's a general thought that Superman is constantly holding back his powers and I think we touched on it way early on in this podcast with a minute but he he always is holding back it isn't until the injustice storyline came out where we see him at his most dangerous and and where he he doesn't you know he steps over the line of his power and he he goes into the the dictatorship
0: hmm oh, well that was my thought on supergirl right then and there so yeah that's good
2: <laughs> awesome.
0: Did you guys have anything else for this minute?
1: Nope, I'm good on that. And good. That was my main thing. Uh, natural birth in centuries, so I'm just always working on this timeline. So <laughs> no, he's good. the first. He's the first natural birth in centuries. Uh, but then we had uh, ten thousand or th- tens of thousands of years ago was the scout ships, and there was a hundred thousand years of flourishing. So somehow we can map it all out on a graph or on a whiteboard or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I would love to see someone explain i think the real problem in the timeline is the scout ship once we're able to figure out how that relates to the timeline because we don't know i'm not sure what it's like to convert kryptonian years to earth years and Mm -hmm. then that you got the 27 light years to get to earth or between the planets so like Mm -hmm. and then they're on earth they're saying 20,000 years ago the scout ship landed here there's something with that, that once we're able to, to figure out that, the timeline will just kind of click, and we'll be able to figure out the whole yeah. thing.
1: And the He's the first natural childbirth in centuries, but before that, there could have been both the Genesis Chamber babies and natural babies. They could have both been happening at the same time. The only thing that we really know from jor line in this minute is just that for the last few centuries, there were no natural births. Mm-hmm. but but that doesn't mean that there uh, weren't also, like, genetically engineered births before that. They could have both been happening at the same time. And so we really have the most information about, like, the last few centuries. Yeah. We know that there were no longer any natural births, and we know that that was when the resources were running out, and we know that everything, the recent times on Krypton, everything was genetically engineered. Yeah, because we
0: don't know if they cut that, like, no, cold turkey. I,
1: yeah,
2: I think it might have, it could have been after in older not older books but in other books they they touch on ancient kryptonian culture when rao was seen as the god and it was a a lot related to ancient egyptian were those kryptonians that were worshiping rao the free thinkers and you know the the presence of this being that had all these powers and and could heal people did was that the first steps to kryptonians Mm -hmm. thinking Maybe we shouldn't have
1: differences of opinions. Maybe we should look to one single source for our answers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And the, that's actually interesting. Like, so the Brian Hitch Justice League comics, like recently, yeah. have even gone back to the ancient Krypton stuff. So I might even have to reread those. They were really and good. I, I was, yeah, the, I enjoyed them, but I wasn't actually thinking of them like in relation to Man of Steel, like different takes on the kryptonian stuff but that will be fun to look back at the ancient stuff yeah um where they do they even show some of the architecture and then the people worshiping him and all that stuff mm-hmm.
2: i know he had to stop cool. it they dc put a put a put a halt on it I, I don't know if he actually ended it because they came out with like 10 or 11 issues and it was supposed to be like a like a yeah. 17 or 18 run
1: and then like he, he stopped ryan hitch moved on to something yeah. else but like it well went, he went to the justice league title so like yeah the one you're talking about is jla yeah um which was kind of uh, stopped early, but then they gave him Justice League, and he's kind of continued some of those same threads. Yeah. um So yeah, it's all Brian Hitch like along the ways. But yeah, you're right. The JLA one, the kind of temporary little, partial series, was the one that definitely went back to ancient crypto yeah. It was stuff. cool. Like Hal got caught in like a some sort of time continuum, and like present
2: day Hal went back, and he was like learning all this ancient Kryptonian stuff. And I don't. I, I never got to read the end of it. I don't know if the end of it came out, but it just like left you with all these questions and on this massive cliffhanger where you're just like, w- what happened?"
0: Damn, that's yeah. insane. <laughs> it was really good. I mean,
2: so, I don't know if it, I don't know if it ever finished or not. I,
0: I bet you should like try to reach out to Brian and see if he can like tell you the ending of that story. He's like, yo, He's going to talk
2: to this random kid. What is this? this is a kid going to sure ask it's, me. Well, it's, uh,
0: yeah. if, you, if you write something like that, you're really passionate about it. And if you're really passionate about it, you have a, an, an end goal. Like, you know how you want that story to end. And if the story doesn't get published and, yeah. like, finish the story, like, I would love it for someone to be like, well, how does it end? And be like, yo, take a seat. I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. Yeah. All right, yeah. let me call him up right now. No <laughs> <Yo>, cry. <Bri, laughs>
1: there was... There was, like, a big gap, and then there was, like, one more issue yeah. of the JLA. Uh, I'll have to go back and look at that one. I can't remember if it tied up anything or if it was still kind of left hanging. But I know some of it has fed into the new Justice League title okay. uh, for Rebirth. So, But, yeah, it, it, never, it, never, it definitely never ended, like, as it was intended to have ended.
2: Yeah. I have that run. It's I think, unfortunate. I, I think I did pick up that comic after that break, and I feel like I just put it in a box and bag-and-boarded it and just— didn't didn't get back yeah. to it i don't i don't remember yeah. i'd have to i'd have to go through my library but yeah i'm good for this minute yeah
0: cool yeah good minute <laughs> yeah it was a solid man <laughs> fantastic uh we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this minute if you love what you hear uh don't forget to rate subscribe do all that jazz uh please leave us a good review um and don't forget to check out sam's podcast the justice league universe podcast um am i missing anything else we're good. That's good. Good. Yeah. All righty, guys. We'll catch you tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.